Section 13 of Travels to Oaxaca by Nicholas Joseph Thierry de Menonville, an anonymous translation from the French. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. How different the conduct of the topists who had been my conductors before this one. I had had tolerable good horses, or at least had not been led into error, but this scoundrel had had the impudence to extol the excellence of the mare I rode, though a truly good-for-nothing beast. But this was not all. Tired at last with the obstinacy of the wretched animal, I inquired if there was no place where I might rest. The topeth answered, No. I had heard of the band of thieves of Etla, and now had strong suspicions, not only that my conductor was a rogue, but also that he might be one of the band. Night was drawing on. I scarcely knew what plan to adopt, when, fortunately, I distinguished a procession, which satisfied me we were but a short distance from Etla. I made all diligence to reach the rectory, alighted from my horse, kissed the sleeve of the rector's surplice, according to the custom of the place, and inquired for the Casa Real. We entered by the lower part of the hamlet. He pointed out the casa in the upper part, about a quarter of a league distant, whither I repaired. It is situate in an immense esplanade, and forms part of a large pile of building, which seemed to me a farmhouse. In front there is a large gallery paved, on the left a prison, on the right a tienda, or shop, kept by the lieutenant of the alcalde, on the northeast the esplanade is terminated by an immense building which seemed a magnificent castle i had the curiosity to visit it and found it to be a convent of dominicans which had formerly belonged to the jesuits but which their successors had suffered to fall to decay the architecture of it half roman half arabesque notwithstanding the excellence of the masonry was in my eyes poor I entered the hall in which the courts are held, the ornaments of which announce that the district of this alcaldia is large. While waiting for the return of the lieutenant of the alcalde in order to procure supper, ten or twelve men in cloaks passed in succession before me, making low bows, and as if desirous of accosting me. Their little promising physiognomy was a sufficient inducement with me to send them about their business, and I afterwards learnt that they were idle scoundrels who lived, in the language of our excellent La Fontaine, merely by French le pay, or sponging, men fit for those employments only which exact neither labour nor fidelity. I concluded, as must every one, that such fellows are of no value, and that the sooner the country should be quit of them, the better. In the meantime, the lieutenant of the alcalde returned. I paid him a visit, and found him seated at his counter in the middle of the shop. He received me with the gravity of a monarch giving audience to ambassadors, and scarcely vouchsafed a look but I had for my part too contemptible an opinion of the wretch to take any offence at my reception. All I wanted of him was somewhat for supper. He furnished me with bread, four eggs, 
and a gallon of wine but shortly after i had occasion for him for perceiving that my knave of a topeth gave my horse nothing to eat i requested the interference of the lieutenant of the alcalde who attended to my request and even threatened to make him pay for its food himself after this i laid myself down to rest on some very clean mats in the auditory and slept with that tranquillity a many may do in a court of justice who have nothing to dread from the laws the next morning i departed at daybreak the cold very sharp my mare thanks to my pains went somewhat better than she had done the day before but she soon became tired and at two leagues from edla i was fain to fend away my topeth not without a strong inclination to give him a sound thrashing fortunately for him pity interposed and pleaded his cause so that he escaped punishment i continued my road on foot the town was no more than a league and a half distant the country along the road delightful i fancied myself transported into our plains in europe and proceeded to oaxaca between hedges filled with trees and plants unknown to me among those were a junipera sabina of twelve feet in diameter convolvuli palos cordovans etc the suburbs of oaxaca were thickly set with plantations of nopals at which i glanced an eye occasionally but without exhibiting any symptoms of curiosity finally i entered the town with the appearance of a person who had recently left it for a walk and halted at an inn pointed out to me on my right a hundred paces distant from nuestra senora de la soledad the term of my pilgrimage nothing can be conceived more magnificent than the site of oaxaca from san juan de rey to this town opens a plain two leagues in breadth which extends the length of five or six to the environs of the town on the lowest part of the slope of a hill which appends to the chain of mountains on the northeast stands oaxaca the capital of the province of the same name at a distance of somewhat more than a league from the mountains it fronts the opening of three plains that of san juan del rey which leads to guatemala on the southeast and another on the southwest of which i forget the name this position has rendered it a center at which the first sale takes place of all the aniseed cochineal and vanilla collected in the gorges between the high mountains by which it is encompassed at distance of five six and seven leagues it is amply furnished with cereal productions and fruit of all kinds from the plain the foot of the slope on which it is built is bathed by a beautiful river and well-planned aqueducts supply it with abundance of water of the utmost excellence the air constantly refreshed by eastern breezes in the morning and at evening by others from the west is pure and delightful and of such moderate temperature that at eight in the morning in may my thermometer denoted sixteen degrees above the freezing point and at noon twenty two degrees note sixty eight degrees fahrenheit in the morning and eighty one and one half degrees of fahrenheit at noon 
from this happy circumstance notwithstanding it is situate about the twentieth degree of latitude it enjoys an ever-blooming spring finally magnificent and highly ornamented prospects excellence of soil profusion of fruits as well european as american which succeed each other in unremitting continuance would make an actual paradise of oaxaca were it only possessed by a more industrious and active race of men its numerous steeples and elevated domes give this city at a distance an air of grandeur and it may be truly affirmed that its interior corresponds it is sixteen hundred fathoms long by about a thousand broad and nearly quadrangular if the suburbs be included which are replete as i have before remarked with plantations of nopals and gardens its streets are wide straight well paved and level the houses on each side are built with stone two stories high at the time i was there a town house was building on a plan which evinced some taste and will prove a great ornament to the great square on which it is built the stone is of a sea-green color the same square is adorned by the bishop's palace and the church which form two of its sides and both of which after the manner of the spaniards are entirely surrounded by arcades strongly constructed and of infinite utility in protecting passengers from the sun and from rain to conclude all the churches which are numerous and finely built are neatly whitened without and richly ornamented within the population of this city including negroes mulattoes and indians amounts to six thousand it is the residence of a bishop and a governor of the province and is under the jurisdiction of the audiencia of guatemala to the viceroy of which province the governor of oaxaca is subordinate the inn to which i had been directed was so wretched and filthy that i could not rest satisfied with making it my abode i made haste in dressing myself and deposited in my room the packet of clothes which i had constantly carried with me and which i found however small yet cumbersome and left the place much embarrassed at my appearance and not knowing whither to go without a cloak i looked at once a foreigner a net for my hair and a broad-brimmed hat scarcely in any degree protected me from a crowd of inquisitive eyes to get rid of the curiosity of the people i entered the first church i met with and thus without suspecting it accomplished my vow for it turned out to be that of nuestra senora de la soledad after admiring its treasure its gildings the dome in bad taste but built of brick varnished externally with checker work and a multitude of ex votos equally ridiculous and fanatic i left the church as little forwarded as and in no better heart than when i entered i wandered about at random in the streets when at last i noticed that i was followed by a man in a cloak whom i had seen at the inn he was loaded with rosaries and scapularies and at first sight might be mistaken for a very devout zealot when in the church he kneeled as i kneeled 
rose as i rose walked in my steps and stopped when i halted i was seized with fear i imagined him to be a spy employed by the police and fixed there purposely to watch my motions or perhaps those of all new comers i resolved on knowing the truth and accosted him inquiring whether his rosaries were for sale he answered in the affirmative but that he had another occupation which was to learn where i should pass the day where i please was my instant answer in a tone demonstrating a greater fund of assurance than what i actually possessed but why this question because said he simpering and in a mysterious manner i should feel myself so happy if it should be in my power to procure any enjoyment to a stranger so kind and generous as you appear to be at these words which at once unmasked his character i breathed with greater freedom i now perfectly comprehended that this gentleman was no other than what at court where all things are painted in their fairest colors is termed the prince's friend gracious powers said i to myself and is it in the very sanctuary of the immaculate virgin that vice perfumes under the veil of hypocrisy to exhibit her allurements turning then to the unknown friend said i you follow then a pretty and very obliging sort of trade but i have no need of you and beware how you follow me any further after this incident i penetrated into the city where i met with some tolerably handsome coaches and crowds of people i was solicitous of seeing the cathedral it was now the third festival of whitsuntide and high mass was celebrating the music was fine grave and majestic the voices excellent the cadences in good measure and the numerous and solemn pauses well calculated to inspire devotion and reflecting thoughts i was in a profound ecstasy when at the elevation of the host a grey-headed priest holding a silver cross in one hand like our choristers in france and in the other a wand of the same metal like our porters touched me gently with the latter and requested me to take off the net from my hair which hitherto i had constantly worn unnoticed in all the churches i did immediately as i was desired and could but admire this regulation though feeling hurt at the species of affront i had unwarily drawn upon me i immediately left the church i had occasion for some repairs to my watch and after looking about at length found a watchmaker's he was absent but his wife received me in such a manner as almost to put me to the blush she was a woman of six and thirty a brunette who had been handsome and was still tormented with that immoderate desire of pleasing which some women lose only with life itself she made me a thousand questions and succeeded in learning i was a botanist she concluded thence that i was a physician and endeavored to persuade me to fix at oaxaca telling me that notwithstanding the extent of the city 
there was not in it either a physician or surgeon and that she would vouch that her husband who was a corregidor should forward me to the full of his ability she even in pretty distinct terms told me she could herself be of service to me and i began to feel somewhat for the gratitude she might expect when fortunately her husband entered he was an excellent machinist and drew extremely well as he satisfied me by a multitude of works which he displayed as well in relief as on paper of his doing he had moreover rather a curious garden in which i gathered some seeds of mirasol and sage with cornrows flowers after leaving the corregidor i obtained a direction to a trunk makers my plan required i should be furnished with cases or coffers easy of transport the tradesman to whom i was directed showed me some of all sizes i chose eight two feet long by fourteen inches broad and of similar depth they were of a white and very light wood dovetailed even bound at the corners and with locks they were moreover so solid and so well made that better could not have been produced in any workshop in paris the price also was reasonable they cost me seventeen reals the pair or about four shillings each i asked for no abatement and my liberality purchased me the present of a basket of apricots which had just been given to the trunk maker in which he observed me notice with longing eyes this european fruit is so much degenerated from not having been grafted that it is but little larger than the montmorency cherry it has notwithstanding preserved its original flavor i now perceived that i should never have been able at los Cues to have met with the same resources as at oaxaca there indeed i might have obtained cochineal but this was not sufficient the means of transporting it were alike necessary i was consequently very well satisfied with my bargain i merely conditioned over and above the purchase to have partitions made in each of the boxes and i brought away with me the keys delighted at having thus assured in a degree success in my undertaking astonished at finding myself so far advanced and at having so readily overcome all the difficulties i had to fight against i was scarcely able to bear my weight of joy and imagined myself in a dream from which i dreaded to awake but which every instant i found would be the case the greater the facility i had hitherto met with the more was i apprehensive of the obstacles which i painted to myself would attend the future this mixture of satisfaction and inquietude occasioned an oppression on my mind a melancholy which i was utterly unable to shake off in this state i walked through the streets without well knowing whither i went at length i found myself in one of the suburbs called de las vueltas or the turnings a name distinctive of the gardens of this country where it is considered beauty to intersect them with walls and partitions 
which occasion so many windings and recesses in the same enclosure among others were some plantations of nopals the order of the rows in which i observed to be still the same as i before had noticed that is to say from east to west but in almost all of which the crops had been recently gathered in some plantations i saw men employed lopping off the branches in others planting at length i distinguished one which appeared to me magnificent and so thickly loaded with cochineal that not a single leaf could be taken from the nopal without crushing a thousand of the insects in order to take a survey at leisure i entered into a garden parted from the plantation only by a hedge under pretense of buying flowers the first objects in this garden which excited my attention was a violet-colored aster as large as those grown with us but produced on a shrub resembling by its pinnated leaves our elder tree and which had a very fine effect what however engrossed almost the whole of my attention and thoughts was the beautiful plantation of nopals and while the bouquet i had ordered was being gathered i satiated my eyes with the spectacle before me the nopals were thickly planted at about four feet distance in lines six feet apart i learnt that this nopal ground belonged to a negro who was not there at that time i fed myself with hopes of buying of him both the nopal and some of the insects after traversing several other gardens i returned to the city and caused those to be pointed out to me belonging to an apothecary whose name was don antonio pisa and which had been highly extolled by the gardeners i had spoken with the proprietor conceiving by my dress that i was a frenchman showed me the utmost civility and proffered to me his services after which informing him that being a botanist i was anxious to see his garden he caused his nephew to accompany me to it politely excusing himself from not being of the party owing to his advanced age and infirmities this garden intersected by five or six walls which no doubt announced so many fresh acquisitions appeared to have been framed at great expense a copious fountain very pleasingly ornamented delivered its waters at the height of eight feet into an antique vase whence through four spouts they descended into a spacious basin from which they were conducted into different reservoirs a number of indifferent pinks a quantity of salvia othecas a species of sage some agaves malolote blue everlastings oxal or sorrel pot herbs mallows apricots grapes and peaches these formed the whole of the rarities i found in this garden which moreover was kept in very indifferent order while i was there i saw a female enter the garden the lady of a corregidor in a rich veil of black velvet trimmed with gold fringe she came escorted by a very handsome man for the purpose of seeing as i afterwards learnt the face of a frenchman i paid my respects to her in the most polite manner yet 
hurt at thus becoming the object of general curiosity and much vexed at my foreign appearance after she had retired i went to return thanks to the apothecary and spoke in high terms of his garden much pleased with me don antonio pisa was solicitous i should visit another garden no less curious i repaired thither and did indeed find a garden which would have done honour to the marshes of paris by the fine display it afforded of cabbages artichokes raspberries apricots and grapes water was everywhere distributed in little gutters along plots planted with parsley turnips radishes and well-hearted lettuce five or six workmen indians or of mixed breed were at work here here also i found the owner don gregorio meuta one of the corregidores of the city a man about five and forty of handsome countenance and graceful deportment he condescended to applaud my researches and curiosity and pointed out to me everything that was curious what however appeared to me most worthy of remark was a tree which at first sight resembled much a rene cloud plum tree but which was no other than a malpighia which i had not hitherto seen i begged the proprietor to allow me to gather some of the fruit in order to obtain the stones the fruit it yields is as large as our white heart cherries i wished to pay for what i gathered but was not suffered nor would even the indian workmen who attended accept the two reals which i proffered them i again returned to my apothecary and having given him a picture of the wretched inn at which i had taken up my abode a picture which from the difficulty i had to express myself in spanish made him laugh till the tears dropped i besought him to point out to me some one where i might get a decent meal and this he promised to do the conversation next turned on the different objects of culture in the country he inquired if i was acquainted with them to which i answered in the affirmative with the exception of vanilla which i was anxious of seeing in order to describe it with the precision of a botanist a priest who happened to be present interrupted me to state that he had some in a wood dependent on a farm belonging to him about six leagues thence and that if i wished it he would send one of his indians thither with me the next day as a guide he even offered to obtain a horse for me and this with all that politeness and kind anticipation which we frenchmen are wont to deem peculiar to ourselves i then took my leave exceedingly pleased with my day's work and well convinced that with a little hardihood and activity much may be effected i repaired to my new inn recommended by don antonio pisa conducted by a servant of that gentleman it was kept by a frenchman who had been cook to the late governor i accosted my countrymen with a sensation of pleasure and with that confidence which might easily be conceived by any one who for the instant would place himself in my situation i did not even take into account the difference of our stations in life nor had i any reason to repent my condescension for he was really and not merely 
in appearance a very good kind of man i could perceive he was rich though he complained of his bad fortune and plainly saw that this was only the better to hide his prosperity and not excite envy in a people always jealous of our industry and success and at the same time possibly that he might the better be enabled to leave the country at a favorable opportunity i begged of him to give me a good supper assuring him that it would be the first since my leaving france he promised he would and kept his word for i had one truly worthy of a governor's table and afterwards was enabled to take a delicious night's rest undressed and between sheets on a tolerably good bed an enjoyment i had not experienced for a length of time the plan i had arranged to purchase some nopals and cochineal on the succeeding day occasioned me to wake very early in the morning i was up therefore by three o'clock and taking with me two indian servants belonging to the inn each with a large basket and towels i repaired to the plantation of nopals i had seen the day before i left the servants at the gate on entering and myself took charge of their baskets the negro owner was scarcely awake he came towards me with a simple modest and civil air quite different from what is usual among people of his stamp in the kingdom of mexico i informed him that being a physician i wanted for the purpose of making an ointment for the gout a few leaves of the nopal with the cochineal upon them which i begged him to sell me as the case was urgent telling him i was willing to pay for them whatever he might require he permitted me to take as much as i pleased i did not require twice bidding but immediately selected eight of the handsomest branches each two feet long and consisting of seven or eight leaves in length but so perfectly covered with cochineals as to be quite white with them i cut them off myself placed them in the best possible manner in the boxes and covered them with the towels i then inquired what they were worth he protested they were well worth two reals i readily believed him i who would not have held them dear at as many quadruples but that i might not render him aware of how good a bargain i reckoned upon having made i merely gave him a dollar telling him i had no change and begging him to keep the remainder to drink my health with the good old negro rubbed his eyes fancying himself still asleep and while he overwhelmed me with gratitude i called in my indians loaded them with the two baskets and made off with the rapidity of lightning end of section thirteen